0: One, welcome back to Backward Point Podcast, guys. My name is Nazar Sayed, and with me, as always, is my brother and my co-host Bashar Sayed. The Waka Yunus to Mr. Tandulkar, bro. That's all I say. Uh, today, we are going to do a uh, podcast review of the Tintan Tandulkar and wakar Yunus podcast that was uh, preceded followed by the greatest music festival that no one ever saw because it was never televised. And in between, there was a there was a little a small match going on between. Uh, the nations of Pakistan and India in India I don't know if you heard about this Bashar, but this might have slipped your radar because of the riveting amazing engrossing podcast that we were listening to for about 15 overs it felt like 15 overs and the amazing music festival that no one ever saw
1: what are your thoughts? One of the best moments of the match was when Sachin left the comms box nothing against Sachin but I have a quick funny story to share about Sachin actually when I was a kid like 2005 2006 there was this 10 sports documentary on and it was a documentary on Sachin one of his greatest innings and it was our whole family watching like us at our home or aunt and I was the first I actually heard Sachin talk and he has a very like, a very low voice
0: low squeaky uh you wouldn't attribute Sachin's voice to his face like to say that exactly so uh, I heard it and I was kind of shocked I was like why does
1: this guy sound like this and then my aunt said it's because he plays cricket and because he keeps screaming how's that all the time, it, he lost his voice. So she was trying to scare me to not play cricket because eventually my voice will turn like that. But coming back to this... Uh, it, didn't,
0: it didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. But uh, Sachin... It was becoming, basically a roasting session from like, Wikipay. I don't know if you are hearing. Oh, Sachin came. He was a 16-year-old baby. He, was, he looked like 13. I was like, bro, what is going on? And in the meantime, like Rizwan and Baba are playing the innings of the Lifetime. And like no one's commentating on that. There were no no comms on that. We were just talking about Sutton's Foundation. And it was it was abysmal. It was pretty bad. I mean, we threw it to our uh, Discord and Patreon subscribers to tell us, give us some insight on what they want to talk about. So their questions will be taken spliced in through, through this conversation. If you guys want to be a part of our Patreon subscribers list, it's ever growing. And we appreciate every single one of them because they are the reason why the lights are on in this house. They're the reason why this podcast is running the way it is. The one shout out that I really want to give is the Discord server. Uh, today was the first day, unfortunately, a black day, where we had to launch the Pakistan Cricket Team Therapy voice channel. Now, This is a voice channel that ha- we activated when the Discord server was founded, but we never used it because we thought this is going to be a place where we come in and, and talk about our feelings when things are down on the desk. And lo and behold, Uh today was inaugurated. Good times, fun times. I think the Discord server I genuinely is one of my favorite places to be when Pakistan is playing. I mean, you know, you always go to Twitter, but Twitter is so haphazard. This is like real time. You're in the moment having fun. At one point, there was like about 90 or 100 people online. The chat was going zooming past. I had to put it on slow mode. And that's like an amazing problem to have, right? Like people are engaging and talking. There was also Indians in the chat, very respectful, having a good time. Uh Lots of positives from this, but I think I'm sort of beating around the bush, you know, trying to close my eyes while the elephant is in the room. Pakistan lost today. And it wasn't just a loss, Bashar. It was polarizing. It was devastating. It was disappointing. It was demolishing. It was dominating from India. It was a lot of things happened. Um I just want to say one thing right off the bat. I know this this might be a long podcast and people really want to hear our thoughts on it. But one of my favorite movies of all time is Shawshank Redemption. And in it, Red, who is played by Morgan Freeman, he says, hope is a dangerous thing. And I think the most disappointing thing of all in this entire match was not the collapse. It was not the bowling. It was not what happened after. It was the first 29 overs where Pakistan were looking great. 155 for two. Bobber just maxes 50, comes back in form. And after that, hopes were tarnished. Dreams were broken. Records remained and then new ones were made. I think we're going to go a deep dive into this all. Thank you guys for listening, joining us, PCT Therapy 2. Richard, take it away, man. What happened? Guide us through the light. You refer to the Sean Redemption during the end of that movie. Spoiler alert, by the way.
1: Tim Robbins, the actor, he crawls through a mile of shit in the sewers. And he comes out with hope as a new man. But as Pakistani fans, I feel like we are in the shit for far too long now. Especially it feels like more than a mile, bro. 8-0. Like, this is 8-0 Pakistan versus India. The record in ODI World Cups. I have witnessed five of these games in my lifetime. Starting from 03 to 23. 20 years of witnessing. Of World Cup defeats. Of World Cup defeats. And I think one thing we missed mentioning is a very important addition to the backward point family that happened. And uh, my brother here just uh, had a baby, had, oh, yeah. had a son, and who we was literally born yesterday. And the man has inherited Pakistan cricket the, um, trauma. Trauma. <laughs> right? It's, it's passed down from generations to generations. The first India versus Pakistan World Cup match happened in 1992. Our dad witnessed that.
0: And then he passed that trauma on to us, and now it's going to the next generation. It was a very beautiful moment. I have to I have to talk about this. Um, yeah, my son Mikhail was born on the 13th of October, a day before the 14th of October cricket match between India and Pakistan. And so we were at the hospital, you know, it was only day one, and Mikhail's mom was asleep. He was, you know, extremely tired, rightfully so. And it was about 4:30 a.m. when the toss started, and that's when Mikhail started getting agitated. You know, just normal newborn stuff. So I, I had I held him in my hands because he was. that's the only place he was sleeping and rocking him about. And the match starts and Pakistan looks good. You know, a couple of wickets fall, but Pakistan's looking great. And me and my son, it's dark. I'm watching the game on the laptop. Just having this moment with Mikhail up until 1.55. He was up, like he was like, enjoy- I mean, obviously he's not really looking at the game, but for me, it's like, I'm watching the game with my boy. And then... <laughs> Pakistan get pulverized, like they lose lose all their wickets for thirty eight for five or something. What is the stat on that? What is the thirty six for eight? Thirty six for eight. That's the stat. And as soon as the last wicket falls, my kid just goes to sleep. He's like he he knows better than I do already at this point. It has to be in the DNA that there is no point in continuing to watch this game. I watched it for another I want to say hour before I called it quits because I was just a very tired and and b there was nothing left for me to cheer on this. And there was just a very awakening moment for me and my son and one I will cherish for a very long time. Even though it was a down and dusk day, down at dusk day, um, was a little bit of a silver lining there for me. I think there's two
1: options for you. Either you make him into a fan and he keeps watching these matches, keeps watching Pakistan lose, 8-0 becomes 10-0 in the next eight years. Or you decide to train him so hard that he plays
0: for Pakistan one day. And beats Indiana World Cup. I feel like there's no other choice but to do that. Like this is his this is the redemption arc for Pakistan cricket team full stop. And then once he's old enough, he gets to inherit the podcast. Lovely. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh let's get
1: straight into the match actually. Uh um, do we have
0: to? We have to. We <laughs> have to we do have it. We have to do this. Okay. This is
1: what the This podcast has given us an enhanced responsibility of coming on after a loss like that to put our emotions into words and hopefully Reflect what the fans and our, and our listeners are feeling as well. Oftentimes, we are requested for these two hour long, however long, you know, episodes to I just asked, Pakistan cricket therapy. And this is going to be one
0: of those episodes, but we're going to hope to be constructive, positive, and show the guiding light for the future. Speaking of fans, I got Lakshit a from uh, Sports Yadi because we're kind of like buds now. Like, I don't know if you guys are following, but we, we did a thing together and he and Famously, uh, there was a moment in Sports diary where they were eating the pizza and Ro- Rohit Sharma gets out. And China for is going on this crazy spell in that first ODI in the Asia Cup. And that went viral. Obviously, I also made a tweet about it. I also made fun of them. But I, just was, I would just like the viewers, the fans to know that Lakshit a few hours ago, sent me a picture of him eating a pizza. And that's it. Iconic. Good. I mean, it's funny. I had to laugh. I really had to laugh. That's, that's good on Lakshad, like good on SportsCity. Funny banter. We love that. India wins the toss. They bowl first. You made a funny comment on what happened to Ravi Shastri at the toss. Bro, what was he on? Did you see this? Because I, like, I was on at like 4.20 a.m. I was like before the toss, everything. I was watching the whole pregame stuff. This guy comes. He's so animated. His hands are moving. And um, just like, I don't know what he was. I don't know what Star Sports told him to do, but he was doing that times X. Like, it was crazy. Uh, but right off the bat, the coin flipped, right? And Rohit call, I think Babur calls. Rohit wins. And Rohit says, blah, blah, blah. What he says, we were going to bat. Bull first. Bull first. And, and Shubman is back. Great cheer from the crowd. And then this is where this, the, the distaste begins. And this is going to be a, a running theme in this podcast, I believe, that we have to address. And we have to talk about it. Babur Azam's name gets announced. Babur, before is on the mic, he gets booed by 100,000 people. And I don't know, um, booing culture, I thought about this a lot because booing culture is a thing in sports. You do that all the time, right? In basketball, we give basketball analogies all the time in this, in this podcast. Past, the away team is always booed when they're at the home ground. But the difference is in that, in that situation, and I thought hard about this, is that there's always a chance for the away team to become the home team, Right? There was a very beautiful moment in 1999 where Shoaib Akhtar bowled out both, Rohit, bowled, both Rahul Dravid and Tandulkar in Chennai. Kolkata. And, my bad. In Kolkata. One of the greatest tests in Pakistan history, I believe. And there was pin drop silence, right? And it didn't feel bad because we knew that pretty soon India is going to come to Pakistan and the same thing is going to happen. I want to give the reverse. Irfan Pathan took three ball, three wickets. History has never repeated that feet by any bowler, three balls, three wickets in the first three balls of an innings in Karachi, Dead beat silence but it was fun because six years ago, Shreve did something similar in Kolkata to the legends of Indian cricket so there's a back and forth but when this is happening in a vacuum because it is a vacuum where India hasn't toured Pakistan in how many years now, over 10, over at least I, the last I remember, 2008 well, the Asia Cup the game, yeah it seems distaste, distasteful right? It seems like the, it seems 11 plus one, which it was throughout the entire game. And it was a rocky start right off the bat from that. And I, I love what Bobber did. It was a cheeky smile, but he smiled at that. And that shows the determination of the man. That shows the prowess and, and the, the stature he has against being one green in a sea of blue. I love that. Beautifully put. I don't think we have an official
1: record of what the attendance was, but it definitely did feel like India was playing with the the 12th man, which was their crowd. Easily we can say it was over a hundred thousand people and perhaps just two or three Pakistanis. There was this one guy I saw his name was Qasim and he was wearing a Pakistan shirt. I don't know how he got the visa, how he got in, but he was there. He was supporting Pakistan we should do a podcast on him because that's a big story. We should find this guy, talk to him, maybe on the podcast. If anybody has any leads, please comment and we'd yeah. love to get in touch with
0: him. Yeah, but I love the, like, the, I'm going to use the word, the balls you have to be, to have to be in that crowd. <laughs> it was crazy. When Pakistan came on to bat, because they were put
1: into bat by Rohit Sharma, like you mentioned, Shubman Gill in Varishan Kishan. How did
0: you feel about that, by the way? That when Pakistan was put into bat, as a viewer, are you confident? Are you happy? Are you. A little bit worried in that. I moment. was happy
1: that Babar Azam lost the toss because had Babar Azam won the toss, a lot of the criticism on top of what's happening right now would have been on the toss. Like, why did Babar Azam win the toss and do batting first? He said he first? wanted a ball. He said he wanted a ball. Okay. Regardless, because he wasn't able to make the official call, I think it's just better for less criticism on Babar on top of what's already happening right now. So for ba- Pakistan to bat first, and I was in favor of Pakistan batting first yesterday. I believe in a pressure match against India in front of a huge crowd, it's always better to bat first, put runs on the board, and put the opposition under pressure. And Pakistan was looking on track to do exactly that. They were off to a great start. Abdullah Shafiq was batting against Jaspeed Bumrah, flicks him for a four,
0: the first last ball, the first over, and then Imam hits Siraj for three boundaries. That was a beautiful Beautiful way to start the innings. I felt like after two overs, you were 16 for none. And it felt like both ABD and Imam were there for a purpose. I'm going to be honest. There's going to be a lot of criticism on both of them, as it should be. But the top four were the ones who were kind of on the board. ABD and Imam looked like they had intent. We're going to talk about intent a lot. The first four Pakistani batters, this is not like a breaking news that, oh my God, the first four batters looked confident and wanted to like, you know, put up a big score, but they did. ABD got a peach of a delivery something a ball that stayed low it literally hit lower than his knee roll that's how low it stayed um and so he gets a peach of a delivery i mean that's going to happen you're an opener he kind of went across he didn't think the ball was going to cut in like kudos to siraj and kudos to Rohit Sharma i want to say great captaincy this entire game he brought in the changes right at the right moment he brought in a uh, siraj he went he stuck with siraj even when siraj was getting hit relentlessly around the park but he's he knew that Siraj was his wicket taker and lo and behold it paid off I mean his captaincy changes were immaculate I think as a
1: batsman or a bowler what really differentiates you from being good and being great is how well you assess the conditions and decide what the requirement of this ground is and I think the Indian bowlers did exactly that they pitched the ball up in the first few deliveries they realized there wasn't much swing or seam on offer and then they went for just stock balling, wicket to wicket, top of off stump, balling variations with cutters. The ball that got Abdullah Shafiq was a cross-seam delivery. It was 7.6. So it was the last ball, of the eighth over. The first ball of the eighth over was also in the similar area, but that one went over the stumps. I saw a quick viz stat on that. And I believe because the last ball of that same over was a cross-seam delivery, it just stayed low. Abdul Shafi looked to pretty cross where maybe he should have stayed played straight. And after getting off to a good start, 20 off 24, he gets dismissed. And Babur Azam walks in. And Pakistan is around 40 runs and eight over. So the run rate is still over five and over. And as a Pakistani fan, I think this is an ideal start. You know, you you sort of get on top of the Indian ballers, you put them under pressure, and then in walks Babur Azam. And at the same time, I feel like during this phase. We all felt like this is going to be a high-scoring ground just because of how flat the pitch looks. No movement in vision. Quick outfield, small boundaries, 350, 320 on the cards. And Bob and Pakistan just had no
0: intent after that to keep scoring runs. Um, I wouldn't say that. But that's a bit harshly put. After Abdullah went out? Is that what you're saying? Yes. No, I would disagree. I think uh, Baba was playing pretty quick. Uh, I think Baba got to a fresh start. Uh, right off the bat, it was only when the spinners were introduced where Babur's strike rate went down. Rightfully so. He's been known multiple times to be Yadav's bunny. One thing is, like, I'm so glad he wasn't out on Yadav's ball. He actually played Kuldeep pretty well. He uh, was defending it, you know, taking the odd one to the cleaners. And then the one thing that Babur and Rizan both were doing really well was rotating the strike. But before I want to get, get to that, which I do, the partnership I'm to talk about was a great partnership there in the middle. What was Imam doing? Imam looked in such great nick. He Hits Siraj for the ball before he gets out, and then just follows one outside of off and then nicks it to the keep. Like, what's that all about? Yeah, Hardik Pandya gets him out actually. And my bad, yeah, some
1: some like a funny thing that I noticed was before that ball was bowled, Hardik Pandya like screams into the ball and then he gets to wick the next ball. So, black magic, I don't know what's going on.
0: Black, I don't think it's psychological. And because he comes out and gives him a like a send off, too, I don't know yes, if you noticed that. I did tell that. And so he definitely was like in the moment and everything and, you know, getting whipped for four, and the way that he got whipped was, was a, it, it takes a toll on a bowler. you'd know that. But Imam looked like he was going to score a big century today. Like a good 80, 90 ball century, 120, 130, even. That's the type of vibe he was in. And then he just comes across and swings at it. I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. It actually upset me because of how good I know Imam is. And this would have been a situation where, Imam, have, this was Imam and Babar both not scoring centuries in this game today is a failure, not in tactics but in, of execution because they both needed to score big. Even because you come out and you see Abd's intent, Abd's out there to score and he's scoring big. Like that shot against Boomerah where he comes down the track and over mid on, beautiful. Abd looked great, gets a piece of a delivery, no fault to him. He's gonna come back. He's a bigger player than that. But Imam, man, like, what are you doing? I don't. I'm so upset about that. That was a nothing shot.
1: All set off stump and he's just going for the drive. Nicks it off. I really felt like Imam, today was going to be his day. And if at least one or two of your top four aren't scoring big in a big match like this, you can't expect to score 300. The last match where Pakistan got a historic run chase against Sri Lanka. The reason why they got there is because Abdullah Shafiq and Muhammad rizwan two of your top four, scored centuries. So that just helps Build that foundation to make a big score, and like you mentioned, Abdullah getting a start, twenty of twenty-four getting out. Imam thirty-six of thirty-eight. Babar looked good for his fifty. You know, he played an exquisite straight drive, hot take. But I believe his straight drives are a lot more sexier than his cover drives. Nobody is going to argue with that. And his cover drive against Shardul Thakur. So they looked like they were had a plan to dominate or attack India's sixth baller, Shardul Thakur,
0: even when. Uh in a moment where Jadeja and uh, Kuldeep Yadav were bowling I think they bowled to each uh, Rohit introduced Siraj again or maybe it was Takur, and they just they just slapped him round around the park and I liked that because Babur and Rizwan knew in that moment that okay maybe it's gonna be a bit tough to get runs off the spinner the ball is staying low it's, it's gripping that odd ball the first ball Jadeja bowled to Rizwan I don't know what that was it was very like Rangana head out like what's going on bro it's breaking like a mile here, but and then we. I think we should talk about the luckiest LBW review of all time. Like it goes with such a number one in Mohali, and then it goes here because dead naked eye. You're like that's out.
1: Two reds in the review decision, and I really thought this is gonna be it for Wiswan, and it just misses by centimeters, maybe millimeters, if anything. And there was also one more review chance that was super close. So
0: I feel like. When those things happen, I feel like, but luck is on on side. You got to capitalize on those things. Yeah, you have to because if you don't do that, then you're going to be in situations like this. Baba and Rizwan looked good. They steadied the innings, 155 for two in about 29.1. Bashar, when was yeah. the when t- when did Babar get out? Uh,
1: Babar got out on the. 29.4. Yeah. So
0: should we talk about Bobber's innings? Because I think there's
1: two things I want to talk about, actually. Let's go. So, and this is, they're sort of interconnected. The first thing is Pakistan's intent in the first 10 overs. Pakistan was 49 for one in the first 10 overs, one wicket down. For Pakistan standards, that's that's a good start. But if you sort of zoom out and look at it from a modern day cricket worldview of what's happening in world cricket right now, is that really a good start? But you notice that There's no swing. There's no movement. It's a flat deck. Outfield is quick. Why did Pakistan not further dominate in the first 10 overs? What is Pakistan's intent like? Because if you look at it, our top four, I would say even top five batsmen, you can categorize them under the bracket of being anchors. The only attacking batsman we had on our team in the top five was Fakhar Zaman, and he is now on the bench. Imam's career strike rate is 82. Babars is around 90. Dula Shafiq is a good batsman, but he takes time to set before he actually accelerates. So how is Pakistan going to compete with teams like Australia, England, India? Now, these approaches might work against the Sri Lanka, a Netherlands, but when you're up against big teams, the top three teams, top four teams, I don't think this approach will work because if you contrast that to how India played their first 10 overs and how they counter Pakistan, how they dominated the first 10, 10 overs. I think this is an area of improvement for Pakistan. And I don't know what, how they will sort of combat this. Like, does do we change the openers? Do we just ask the same openers to play with a different approach? What are your thoughts on Pakistan's intent at the first 10 overs?
0: I think if Pakistan had not lost ABD if in, the first over, in that first uh, 10, I think Pakistan's w- score would have been different. I'm seeing a 60 to 65 in the first 10. If ABD remains, plays the whole 10 overs. He looked really good. We know he can accelerate. We know he has that, that dog in him, as as uh, the basketball players say. He just he was looking to turn the gears up, right? You know, going down the track and hitting Bumbra over mid on, intent. You know, first over, Boomrah swinging it in, swinging it out, plays a flick, intent. A few beautiful cover drives as well. Intent was there, both from uh, Imam as well. Imam did not look that. Imam's beautiful, majestic straight dive to Siraj and the second over looked like he wasn't there to block and see the ball off he was there to attack and I just feel like that wicket really changed things around as wickets do you know that's the part of the game you just have to play around it and 49 for one definitely looks weak and like you said on Pakistan's part for Pakistan it's par score but that if it was not if the first wicket had not gone, you would, you would have probably been looking at around 60 to 65. I think the wickets in the first 10 are the key. If you keep your wickets in the first 10, your openers tend to score big. We'd really miss Fakhar Zaman in a situation like this. I feel like if Fakhar Zaman plays 25 balls, the Fakhar Zaman that we know plays 25 balls, he's scoring 40.
1: I want to just uh, advance that thought a bit. You mentioned that the key for Pakistan is to have wickets in hand in the first 10 overs and look to score big in the, the next overs to come. I feel like Pakistan is still playing the 90s era cricket, right? Have wickets in hand in the first 30 overs, 35 overs, and then look to accelerate the last 15 overs if you have wickets in hand. This is not the brand of cricket that everyone else is playing now, right? Pakistan, r- right now in world cricket, with the power play in the, in the middle overs, there's always five fielders inside the circle. So you always have a boundary option somewhere or the other. And in the middle overs today, Pakistan just lacked the intent. They never counter-attacked a Jadeja or a Kuldeep Yadav. They just let them settle in and attack Pakistan, right? I, I saw the game against Sri Lanka and I saw the game against uh, India today. And Pakistan's batsmen did not use their feet. They did not look to sweep them. They don't look to reverse sweep them. And there was also a question about the same thing from Raja Osman. Was it Raja Osama from Patreon? He said, do you guys think that on slow pitches like today's, Pakistani openers need to come out their crease to sort of put pressure on the bowler more, especially spinners? Like Kuldeep didn't get any turn his first six over. So that was maybe the opportunity for Pakistan to put the attack back on India.
0: No, I totally agree with Raja here. I mean, Apart from Saul, who thought he was playing Shane Warren for some reason, like nothing was happening for the spinners except for Jadeja. Now, Jadeja, we have to talk about Jadeja. He is, I mean, he goes under the radar a lot. He's playing in a team of all stars, it seems like. You know, the Rohit Sharma, uh, Virat Kohli, Gail Rahul, he's married to Sri his daughter. Like, he's playing, like, Ashwin. These are huge names to be playing in. Boomrah, he gets under the radar a lot. But he's the key. Him and Pandya are the key, if I'm being honest, for India. They sort of bring this dynamic that no other team has, which is they have an all-around, all-star spinner and all-around all-star fastballing batter who can literally go for runs whenever he wants. Also,
1: Jadeja is a gun fielder. Have you seen his fielding a backward point? So, No point intended, but like, he's one of the
0: best backward point fielders in the world right now. 100%, 100%. And I totally agree with Raja here. No, We didn't... Apart from the few times that I don't know why Razan was trying to sweep they paddle, paddle sweep uh, Yeah. Before before he had that, that too but before that you know the LBW attempt and a few other moments where he was trying to sweep and wasn't really connecting there was no other intent like I don't think but, but can Bobber sweep that this is a genuine question I've, have you ever seen Bobber sweep No I've seen him paddle sweep I haven't I don't remember
1: like literally seeing him like sweep sweep like like a sweep like how Sir Farah sweeps or how Saud Shakil sweeps I haven't seen him do a genuine so sweep.
0: asking him to sweep is a difficult task. And I think the wrong one. He plays down the line in the V really well with the spinners. So, he just he should just continue doing that. What I liked about the way that Rizwan and Babur played together, like I said, they were trying to build the innings. And they really looked like they were ready to launch right when Babur got out. And, you know, this is, you know, on par for Babur. He takes his time, scores his 50. His next 50 comes off of fewer balls. And his next 50, if he still staying on the crease, comes off of even fewer balls. So that's where it was looking at 58, balls 50. I would have, you know, I would have like betted on the man to score a 80, 90 ball century. And then from there, he goes on and scores whatever he scores. But that wasn't the factor. That wasn't supposed to happen. And that's not what happened. I think there's
1: a mental blockage from the Pakistan batters against Gulli Yadav And today, I feel like the the messaging from the management was to see him off. I have a stat on Pakistan's ODI average against different sort of bowling types. And I'll, I'll name you a few before I actually name you what Pakistan's averages against Gouldip Yadav, a left arm an orthodox spin bowler. So Pakistan averages 35.6 against right arm pace, 47.2 against leg spin, 85.7 against left arm orthodox, and then the average 8.6 against left arm unorthodox that's a sort of a bowler, and he's taken seven wickets for 60 runs against Pakistan this year and our batsmen have struggled to pick him which is kind of funny because I heard if in one of his interviews mentioned that you know we're, we're brown people we live in Southeast Asia if we don't play spin well who else will the English batsmen or the Australian batsmen and it felt like today just our mindset was very timid the approach was not there the intent was missing and again, this is modern day cricket where, like I mentioned, five fielders inside. I was watching the field that Guldeep Yadav had set. He had a long off, long on, deep mid wicket, deep square leg. So essentially, there's no field on the deep offside circle. You could have sort of made some room, used your crease, used the depth of the crease, a reverse sweep maybe, and look to attack Guldeep Yadav. Because he, he balls very slow. He balls like <laughs> the, around the mid 80s early 80s, speed mark years. yeah and he tosses it up so you could even use your feet go down the ground but again nobody had that intent i think that comes with the fear of losing your wicket and the consequences of what comes forward
0: because we saw the consequences real really you know microscopically today uh all these notes again guys available on patreon if you're a patreon subscriber you get access to everything we're talking about and you can see all the stats that Bashar pulls up because they're on the Google Doc that we share. Yep, go ahead. Speaking of stats, one more thing before we just get into the whole collapse is that
1: Pakistan played 154 dot balls in their innings, which is approximately 26 overs of the 43 overs they batted today. So again, just a lack of strike rotation was also there. And then the collapse happened 36 runs, 8 wickets, and it all begins with the wicket of Bob
0: Barbarazam. How did you feel when that was happening? Could you believe that this is exactly the way, like, this is the way Pakistan has decided to go down? It took me a few seconds to realize Bobber's gotten out. And
1: there's been criticism of him playing that shot. I've seen him play that against South Africa, in South Africa. It's sort of a dab to third man, like, fine third man. And he oftentimes get a bound, gets a boundary there. The, crit- the critique I'll make for Bob Azam is maybe this was not the occasion to play that risky shot, especially when you're playing against India, you've just gotten to 50. This is the time now to accelerate and put the pedal on the metal and look for Pakistan to double their score and get to 300, which could have been arguably a competitive total. So when the wicket fell, it took me a few seconds because I didn't even know what happened. And then when the replay happened, I saw the Indian player celebrate. I noticed that the ball just clipped top of off stump.
0: Yeah. I thought,
1: he, test I thought he
0: edged it a little bit and just like it fell short because there was, I think ABD had a ball early in the innings where he edged it and he fell short of first slip. I was like, okay, so that's what happened. And then it took me like a couple more seconds to realize, oh, no, wait, he clipped off and the wheels are gone. And and then that was the start of the end. I just, I want to stay there for a second because right before then, like I said, Babur was looking good. Babur found his footing and he silenced, silenced the Ahmedabad's crowd multiple times in his innings. I mean, I, I do want to reiterate the first hour and a half of this game was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. That's how it was because Pakistan were finding ways to score boundaries regularly. Yes, maybe the intent wasn't as aggressive as you would have liked or most people would have liked, but they were still, the scoreboard was ticking over, you know, four five, four five. Every now and then you get a 10, 12 over. After Babur's wicket, I just don't know what happened. I don't understand. I, Actually, I do know what happened, and I do want to talk about this sincerely. Nerves are a real thing. A lot of these boys were playing in India. Well, everybody was playing in India for the first time, but a lot of these boys were playing against India for the first time as well. Saud was his first game against India, I'm pretty sure. And a lot of these guys were just overwhelmed by what overwhelmed by what they were seeing. You step in, you get booed. Like you First, you had to walk down that tunnel in in the Narendra Modi Stadium that feels like it's never-ending, the tunnel from Shawshank Redemption, if you'd like, (laughs) right? The tunnel is shit. Good one. You go down and then you come out and then suddenly you hear a roar. It's 130,000 people. No one likes you. Everybody's there to like wish you the worst. And you get on strike and then you have the world-class bowler like Gulidib Yadav or Jadeja on the other end. There is no relief for you when you're going out there. And for Saud... Genuinely, he looked battered. Like from the first on the go, if you remember the first thing he did, which was shocking enough, he dabbed the ball from Siraj onto like what short mid on or even. Like Siraj goes, collects the ball, and this guy's jogging like he's walking in Benazir Bhutto Shahid Park in Karachi. <laughs> what is happening? This is not C view. Like, and you know, if Siraj had connected that, he was gone. He was, he, was, he wasn't in the frame. He was not in the frame. Like, what is. That's how you know how nervous he was, and you can tell immediately after when he realizes what's happened and he's you know got another life, cheeky smile.
1: I think the occasion got the better of him. You a lot of these guys have played against India, but playing against India in India in an ODI World Cup match, it does not get any bigger than that. We I remember Mohammad Harris mentioned in our, in our podcast where he was in the stadium where an MCG when the India versus Pakistan T Twenty World Cup match happened, and he said it was so loud that he could literally feel the stadium shake. And that's just how noisy it is. So for a I totally understand. And that was
0: a mixed crowd, by the way.
1: That was a mixed crowd. I totally understand how social skill was under pressure, but I mean, we expect better. The expectations are there that you, you go out there, you've played immense amount of first class cricket. You're a legend of first class and you come out here to play and the occasion gets the better of you. You're not, at your best, in you know, the first one you're taking, like you mentioned, literal walk in the park, karate agenda on one side, but this guy is walking out on sea view, gets a new life, and again, was not able to make the most of the second chance he got. He got LBW, Michael Deep, great review by Rohit. His captaincy, like you mentioned, has
0: been immaculate this whole game. One could say it was a difference between the two. The, like Rohit Sharma is a very aggressive captain, and. You know what? I'm gonna make a prediction. It might be the first. It might be a. It's been a long drought for India, but it, he might be the one to bring the gold and silver back home. Plus, I also like. I feel for Saud as well. Like after that opening ceremony, man. After Arjit singing, you're all you're in your fields. You know, you're going out. Bobber just got out. He was supposed to make a century. It takes over, man. Emotions. Arjit's
1: music makes you miss the
0: exes that weren't even there. So, yeah, so never there. Bro, Saud, feel, was, Saud was in the mood. So was in a different kind of mood, but he got like. If you look at what he was, what the shot that he was trying to play, like I said before, he thought he was playing Shane Warren. He was like playing with the spin and not even just the spin. He was playing a shot that would like he would have had to broke the ball a mile. Like you have to play like West Indies or something to play that shot. That's how much it has to break. Comes up straight, hits him on the pad. He's like shocked. I'm like, why are you shocked that that? I mean, I could I knew that was gonna happen, and I'm sitting in the couch with my son. So, like abysmal but like it was the start of the end like i said so it goes if tijacu comes in and he looks aggressive like he half tracker from kuldeep you can get punished from iftikhar and iftikhar has sort of turned into a meme his confused face is just like one of those things that you know in the asia cup when that happened iftikhar gets a loosener if that's the like the most pg-13 way for me to describe what a that dolly was a dolly if you will he gets a loosener down the track. Should have been anywhere for six, like Shahid Afridi's favorite start. He finds a way to wrap himself on the pad and gets... it's Like, his leg stump knocks over. Like, it's Shreya Bakhtar bowling or something. What's happening? And he's just standing there for, like, a few seconds. I don't think he'd what happened. He thought it was a stumping, a stumping yeah. uh, thing. But he clearly knows he clipped his glove. Like, it was a hard clip as well.
1: It's a big, like, what if scenario, but I feel like if Tahar does struggle against wrist spinners, we saw him struggle against Adil Rashid in the T20 World Cup final, played a maiden, got out the next ball. And then I think, despite him being here, I don't think he, he would have been that guy who could have put the intent and pressure back on India. I feel like maybe Kuldeep would have continued to put pressure on if Tahar, maybe.
0: No, but like, you remember the Pakistan India T20 match in mcg the one that we were referring he to had ashwin he Aksh- Aksh- and aksha Patel were sent to the cleaners but Remember they, four they six, aren't isn't that over wrist spinners
1: though right guldeep is a wrist spinner yeah no, but nobody he, came down the track to guldeep like, yeah but then nobody
0: had the guts to do that you also had jadeja right he could have got taken on jadeja like it, it was it would have been a good matchup we will never know like kanye said we will never know what would have happened because this is how he threw his wicket away for a sweep like you were talking about sweeps and reverse sweeps Man, this guy's it's a half tracker down leg side, and you're you're finding a way to bring it back into the stumps. That's where the foundation had shaken. Like I feel like even when Saud got out, it was like, okay, wait, we don't want to like crash and burn. But when Ifty went out, it was all over.
1: I wondered a couple what we were discussing right with the question that our patron Faison, also a friend of the podcast, asked. He says, "Do you guys still think Pakistani middle order can compete with bigger teams?" having seen the collapse that just happened with the Sochagil not showing up, with the Babur and Rizwan not turning their starts into big scores. We haven't even gotten into the Shadab and Nawaz batting performance, but just from seeing the middle order, what what are your thoughts? you think the game against Australia or South Africa, will these guys be able
0: to deliver? Okay, my first question, I'm going to just, you know, reply this reply to this question with a question. Are these players, are is it the Pakistan middle order Technically sound. Sure, yes. Then what happened today? Yep. It was just nerves. It was just the moment. It was just the atmosphere. There was nothing else. You take the same game situation, you put it anywhere else in the world, Pakistan scores 300.
1: Another counter question I would ask is if not them, then who? Like, is there someone in Pakistan who have you overlooked in the middle order who needs to be there? Like, do we bring back Shoei But What's Stop, going on here? Oh,
0: man, no. I knew you were going to say that. And this is the worst part of this podcast because we, technically we have to discuss this or bring in Safi back, bro. No, this was not, that's not the answer. These are your guys. And I backed them up. Like even Fazan's question has a tinge of sarcasm to it. I think, yes, you, these. this is the team that has scored 342, just chased it three days ago. This is a team that you will see in the same World Cup that will continue to score over 300 runs. It's just the moment. These people, these guys are not, Unequipped with talent. They are not unpolished. We didn't just pick them off from the street and send them to wear the green and light greens into the ground. This is just they nobody from the except the top four handled the pressure. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. If the guy was playing against India and in ODI World ODI World Cups for the first time, Saud's first Indian game ever, I should assume. Like all of these guys, Shadab is a veteran, should have known better, gets a peach of a delivery. We could talk about that. I think he made the delivery look better than it actually was. Like, it seemed like
1: the way he got out was he's playing at a Lords, Jamie Anderson is blowing it in with the angle, out with the pitch, uh, off the seam, and he just got squared up. And, and this is the same Shadab who requests or he's trying to make a name for, him for himself to come up the order as a batting all rounder. But when you're getting the opportunity to play 15 overs, 16 overs, you're not
0: making the most of this opportunity in front of a record crowd. So I think that's the difference. The record crowd, the moment where you are, who you're with, that was all it was. It was nerves. It was nothing else. Nothing else can explain 38 for an eight or whatever. Same thing was, with Namaz. Like
1: we, we are playing these guys so they add batting depth. If you're not watching on video, that was me doing a fake quotation batting depth to our team and the last time i can remember Mohammed Nawaz playing a match winning knock with the bat was one year ago against india in the asia cup so what are we saying here are we saying that these guys will perform once a year with the bat and we have to call them as all-rounders
0: yeah that's a very good question moments like this you shy shahid really like a good leg spinning all-rounder you know he can hit it on the park on his day he can give you a century as well um yeah, I don't know what to say about Shadab, man. Shadab just looks like a shell of himself. What a way, what a great time for even Fakhar and Shadab to lose their mojo. What a great time. Even Shaheen, what a great time. Like, it's just like, I'm being sarcastic, by the way, if you cannot tell, this is just the worst time to be underconfident. And Shadab and Fakhar have been dealing with it. Shadab maybe could save himself a little bit more because there's bowling, taking a wicket here and there. But even I think that's that's definitely a question. I know... Someone on the Patreon asked is Gavish asked on the Patreon. Uh, no, now it's surely time to drop Shadab or Nawaz for Salamir. He's a big Salamir guy. We've talked to him on camera and off camera as well. He really wants Salamir in the team, and I think after this performance, Bashar, you can you, you can see it. I I'm totally in agreement. I've seen the balding of Shadab today,
1: half trackers, full tosses. Shadab is a great four-over baller in T20s. That's why he's a very sought-after player in the leagues, MLC, CPL, Big Bash. But just when it comes to the longer format, I don't think he has the overs in him, the the repetition to ball those long overs with accuracy, with skill. And I think that also has to do with the fact that Shadab and many of these white ball players, they don't play first-class cricket. Instead, they opt out to play for leagues. I understand it's a financially more viable option, but long-term and for the benefit of Pakistan cricket, they're at loss, Pakistan cricket teams is at loss when they're not performing at their best. So, up. I think now is the time to say thanks for your services for now, for this World Cup, and maybe bring us all Amir because this whole vice-captaincy tag is weighing the Pakistan team down.
0: It's so arbitrary. It means nothing. It does not exist
1: because we talk about like if let's say if Bob Rossom awesome gets removed from captaincy tomorrow, the question is who's next, and we have the answer. The answer is given by the PCB. Shadal Khan is the vice captain,
0: but we don't consider him to be the next captain. So what does that tag even entail? Yeah, it's it's like a oh if the world was ending, I would do this situation. Like it's such an extreme moment uh, to be pre- preparing of, and the VC tag is just. Again, arbitrary doesn't hold weight; doesn't mean anything. Uh, the vice captain in the Indian team is Hardik Pandya, but I would bet a lot of money that Virat Kohli is in Sharma's ear a lot more than Pandya is. We saw that today. It's a lot of teamwork, and
1: they've been playing together, I would say, since 2008 or nine. So they're like best friends at this point. You know, they, their differences aside, but when it comes to the larger benefit of Team India, they both want want India to succeed. So just having that discussion. I don't see that too much with Babur Azam. I've never seen Rizwan in Babar's ear or Shadab in Babar's ear or if Tukhar, just having a discussion on what the tactics are going to be. And it feels like Babar Azam is on the field with the script. He'll do this if this happens, this if that happens. And he hardly ever thinks outside the box, which is a criticism that at least I have against him. He sort of just goes by the book and follows the script throughout the whole match. Rohit, on the other hand, I think he's very, he thinks on his feet. I think it could be because he's captained so much in the IPL and, and domestic circuit. He's won the IPL many times, so he knows how to use his resources and when to bring them on to best make the most of them.
0: From the eight wickets that fell for 36 runs after Barbara got out, which in your opinion were genuine wickets in the sense that this was a baller had defeated the batsman situation and how many of the wickets did Pakistan throw away?
1: I feel like the Rizwan record was a, was a good delivery. It was, I watched the game against Netherlands and I, I rewinded to see how Rizwan got out in that match. And it was, I kid you not, a replay of how he got out to Bastolide against the Netherlands. But the setup against uh, Rizwan here was that it was a, the ball before was same ball, same length, but just with pace. And this ball was a cutter, which bamboozled Rizwan. And he was set, played 69 deliveries, was one short of a 50, which I think he was was well deserved in the circumstances. I think everyone after that just threw the wickets away. Like if a down the leg side ball, that like he gloved. Shadab made a, a top of off stump, stock delivery, make it look like he was playing at Lords against Anderson. Nawaz was trying to uh, play with more intent, gets caught off on mid on. Hassan Ali um, gets caught out by Gil inside the circle, Toner take on Jadeja. And the hardest drove just a, a tail ender delivery gets him LBW. So I think a lot of the tail showing no resistance also showed that maybe they don't want to be out there as much as they want. Uh, they want this to be over with and, and go on with the tournament to the next match.
0: Yeah, I think I, I agree with you that Baxan then came out to bowl, 191 on the board. You don't really, you know, you don't really expect Baxan to defend that, especially with the pace that it was behaving. Um, the first
1: but, ball, Rohit for a four.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna talk about.
1: Intent. Has Shahin been neutralized? There's no backup plan for him. He everybody knows his first ball is gonna be into New Yorker. Rohit knows Rohit is prepared for it. He plays with some fearless intent. I have some stats I wanna show you, um, which will blow your mind as to how Rohit has evolved his game throughout his career. He scored eighty-six today of sixty-three balls with six sixes. The whole Indian team scored eight sixes and the Pakistan team scored none. Rohit's attacking approach in ODIs has sort of evolved in the last two years. Uh, I have some stats about his strike rate in the first 10 overs over the years of him playing World Cup. So his World Cup uh, stats in 2015 in the first 10 overs, his strike rate was 77. The next World Cup in 2019, his strike rate was 83.7. His strike rate in this World Cup is 153. So he has almost doubled his strike rate since 2015 in the first 10 overs. Moreover, Rohit's overall strike rate in the last two years has also improved. His strike rate between 2019 and 2021 was between 85 to 90, which is decent. But his strike rate since he's become captain, 114 last year, 116 this year, and he has already smashed 47 sixes this year, which is the most he has smashed in any single year of him playing ODI cricket. So there's a definite definite shift in the mindset. He wants to play more aggressive cricket in the power play. He wants to be the batsman, be the captain who leads from the front with the aggressive approach. And when you add that with the Shubman Gill, whose strike rate is again over 100, it just makes for a dangerous duo.
0: No, definitely. I also want to make make sure that we understand 2015 World Cup was in Australia, bouncy pitches. 2019 World Cup was in England, also seeming in bouncy pitches. So strike rates in those World Cups would, you know, that makes sense, that they'd be lower. 2023 World Cup, it's in India, it's in his backyard. It's 153 makes sense.
1: That it's why aren't we best. playing with that strike rate? That's, are you, That's you trying to say that very, these conditions are a lot easier? Is, is that why his strike rate is so high?
0: I mean, yes. So why aren't we doing the same thing? That's a very good question. We, I, today at least, we made sure that, it's not like we haven't hit sixes in this tournament. So he he have not hit a six So the sure first game against the Netherlands, he showed a tent. He was, I think, 120, 130 strike rate. And, you know, what, 68, 65 off of 50-some-odd some balls. So I'm not saying that... like you. I don't want to take it away from Ishtore Sharma, but I also want to make sure that we also... Make sure that we talk about Pakistan also showing intent in other matches. It's just that this match, this situation, this crunch time where Pakistan just blew the torch. I don't think this is... A, I don't think this... Performance is an accurate accurate representation of what Pakistan cricket team is.
1: Pakistan has zero sixes in the power play this year in ODIs. India, I hate that stat by the India way. India has 32 sixes, Australia has 29 sixes. So I guess it shows
0: the lack of intent from Pakistan. It just shows that Fakhar Zaman has been out of form. Basically. Genuinely. Basically. It shows that because nobody else, you're gonna who are you gonna genuinely say that you expect Imam to hit a six in the first ten? I want Imam to get better every single match, to evolve his game, and
1: his strike rate is still stuck at 8-2. I know he's performed better over the past couple of years, but I just don't see him being in the same conversation as David Warner, as a Devin Conway, as a Shubman Gill. He is a good opener for Pakistan terms terms, and that, that just shows how low the Pakistani opening standards are, like we're, we're comparing an Imam to the era of an Ahmed or, an or a Nasir shade or a Shafiq Khan. Kwan. Literally, literally. So I think Pakistani openers do better because if not, we've got players coming up. We've got a Saima Youb in the pipeline who's playing domestic cricket, who's playing league cricket, who is showing literally how to attack in the power play with just proper cricketing shots. Um, did you notice that Shaheen? Did you notice Shaheen's pace today? Shaheen's pace was up. Even Hassan Ali's pace was up. So that was good to see. What were the What were the numbers? They were around one thirty five, one forty. Even Shaheen clicked in, but this is if I'm being I don't know I don't want to be overcritical, but this is still not Shaheen's premium pace. Like the Shaheen that I know, that we know, that everybody knows, balls one forty five at times even pushes to one fifty. And for him to just be hovering around the 137, 140 mark, I feel like it's still a point of concern. I don't know what the injury is. Is, is he struggling with his
0: finger? Is it his knee? Because Is he's not, there he's an not injury even, at all? What I think the injury thing is a hoax, and then maybe it's just a mental thing. Is he, is he fatigued? Does he need a break?
1: If he does need a break, we don't have any backup players. And I want to just incorporate some questions from our patrons about Shaheen. And the question you hear from Sherry is will Shaheen's pace ever uh, come back uh, during this World Cup? If not, do we bring someone else in? No, 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 no. We don't have anybody else. We don't Who have do a- do we? Wasim yeah, Jr.? No. I would not take Wasim Jr. to be a net baller even. Like, he just, he can't move the new ball. He And I just, it's sort of shocking to me when I think about it that I think ballers, fast bowlers, need to be good enough to ball in every phase of the innings. Like, why do we say- that guy's a good death ball. That guy's a good new ball bowler. Yes, you specialize in one format, or one aspect, but you should be versatile at the international level that you can ball with the new ball in the middle overs and the death overs. To, so to have Wasim Jr. in the 15, but just as someone who you'll likely never bring into the, into the squad, seems a waste of space in the 15-man squad.
0: Mosin has also asked if you would give him a rest during the Australian tour. I feel like that's looking far ahead. We still got like six more games at least in this World Cup. Do you rest him in any of the games, Bashar? And you don't have any what do you call them? No, I don't want to say there's no easy games left. You've lost against India, your record is two one, and you need to win four out of the next six. Simple as that. Do you rest him in any game? Afghanistan, maybe? Again, you know, we don't have a life for like replacement unless unless
1: you bring in Wasim Jr. and then you have Boris Rove and has suddenly opened with a new ball. So I, I don't know what the strategy is going to be, but I, I just hope that maybe as the tournament progresses, as we've seen Shaheen's pace slowly and surely come up, that it'll continue to go up and he'll be back at his best. The one funny observation that I noticed that we were discussing this when you're watching Shaheen ball is similar to Jimmy Anderson. He's never really looking at the ball when it's being released. And he's not even looking at where it's pitching. His head is sort of facing um, the fielder at mid-wicket, if you want to call it. So he's sort of a field baller. You know, you know. again, like I mentioned, it's the same case with Jimmy Anderson. He's not looking at where the ball is actually pitching. Jimmy Anderson's face is towards covers and they're field ballers. So they just have an idea of if they release it here, it'll pitch there. I don't know if that's something that needs to be fixed. If it's working for Shane for now, maybe he should just continue with it. You think he's off his line and length? I think so. I think he's also losing his shape and he's not bowling as close to the stump as he used to pre-knee injury.
0: Why? How does a knee injury not allow you to bowl closer so to the stump? So
1: you've got to think about this way, that this is his front knee. This is the knee that he lands on, that he snaps over, that he braces. And he got a PCL tear, which is a very, very serious knee injury. It takes months and months to recover, uh, to come back. Kane Williams had the same injury he's put out for about five, six months. Um, and Shaheen, on the other hand, fast-tracked his rehab, came back three months, four months for the World T20 last year in Australia, got injured again, and then came back with the PSO. And he's just never been the same baller since, which is so, so sad. I always wanted Shaheen to be the next premium ace bullet for Pakistan. We Always talk about the next Wasi Makram. We thought it would be Mohammad Amr. Then we thought it would be Junaid Khan. And then we thought it would be uh, Shaheen Afridi. But the way things are going, if he does not work on his fitness, his rhythm, his wrist position, the away swinger, I-, I don't think Shaheen will ever even come close to that level. Shaheen took two for 36 today and six over at an economy of six. Bro, that but- first wicket was a gift. Like that wasn't Shaheen's wicket. Like Shubman Gill gifted him that wicket. And Shubman Gill. We have to talk about how well he played. He hit 16 uh, runs today Off with 11. four boundaries.
0: All of his his entire run score came from boundaries.
1: And you could not tell this man was even a day away from cricket and he, that he's recovering from Dengue, which is very serious. Uh, the Dengue be even more power, bro? Harshabogli out for the Dengue. So we, we missed him in the comms block for sure.
0: Def, definitely today. After looking at what was going on between Vicky Bhai and, and Ravi Shastri just chilling out, like it was just, Insane. I would have taken Harsha Bhogle over that, over that disastrous moment. Do you think in the second innings, Pakistan had any chance? There was there any moment where Pakistan was in the game? We had a mid
1: innings uh, PCT therapy session in the Discord, and the conversations that were happening were extremely funny. The discussions were such that you know, if the heart takes five wickets, Shaheen takes five wickets. Or Hassan Reh takes three, Shaheen takes three, Shadab takes four. So we were just being overly optimistic. But if I'm being very honest with you, I, I did not think Pakistan had any chance. 192 against this Indian batting lineup who is in form, who is playing modern-day cricket in their home conditions. I never really thought Pakistan had any chance at all. Despite getting uh, Shubman Gill out early and Virat Kohli coming in early, with the start that Rohit Sharma gave for the Indian team, it just made Virat Kohli's job so much easier.
0: Osama Amir in for Shadab Nawaz? asks Gavish 100%. 100
1: Shadab out, Osama Amir in. We're in the business end of the tournament. There's six matches to go for Pakistan. They've got to win at least four with a good run rate to qualify for Siamese. Uh And it's looking like it's going to be a huge challenge. It's a steep challenge for Pakistan. They. We'll probably beat Afghanistan and Bangladesh, but it'll be a, a, a challenge to beat in Australia and inform South Africa and England. I don't blame Pakistan team, but they just haven't played quality teams in the last three, four years. Like they faced an Australian B team, which they beat, and, and a New Zealand B team, which they beat.
0: But I don't think that's a fair criticism because A, we we didn't ask them to send their B teams. We played with full and I'm not blaming them. i And not. B... A lot of the players that were sent in those teams are in this current World Cup squad. So how are they B teams or C teams?
1: So I would say half of them are in the squad. Yeah. Most of them are still like the Australian team that came for the ODIs. Stark wasn't playing. Cummins wasn't playing. Hazelwood wasn't playing. I don't think David Warner was playing or Steve Smith was playing. So that's five of their 11 players. So, but what I am saying is that these five key players, if you add them into the team, they become a different beast. So again, I'm not blaming the Pakistan team. I'm just saying that this is one of the factors why they will struggle against in England and Australia who have their best
0: available 11s right now. Now the ramifications of this game will be felt in for the next few days, for sure. Definitely on this podcast, we, we felt that. Um, I definitely want to ensure the public, and I know people are coming to this podcast to be insured and to be calmed down, and to sort of have some sort of uh, reckoning with what had just happened. I wanted to make sure that everybody realizes that this is not the end of the World Cup. I know this is what the internet will feel like. I know this is what Twitter feels like right now. If It's not the end of the World Cup. It was a league-stage game against India. Yes, you got a battering. Yes, you got overhauled. Yes, you got totally rolled over. But it is not the end of the World Cup, not even by the slightest. If anything... Uh, I'm glad that they didn't sh- give out a performance like they did in against West Indies in 2019. They sort of, the run rate did take a huge, st- steep dive, but it's, it's a negative now. It's in the negatives, but it's it's not in a place where you cannot rehash it. Like I, I remember specifically against, in, against West Indies when Pakistan gave that performance, their net rate was negative four. <laughs> <laughs> negative four, bro. And it took you the whole World Cup to win, beat, the likes of new zealand and beat the likes of england to come back and you still you know didn't make it because of how bad that played right now negative 1.3 it's doable you can two good games in your backup i need to emphasize the fact that the tournament is not finished and it feels like that all around our discord server on the internet on Crick info if you open it up right now it feels like that and honestly that's not the, that's far from the truth you need to win four games out of the next six. Two against Afghanistan and Bangladesh. It's gonna be difficult, but you'll pull I'm I'm banking Pakistan to pull those through. What is left? New Zealand, Australia, England, and South Africa are left. You need to win two against those four. The next one
1: is against Australia, and this is an Australian team that's coming off of a loss against India. Against a battering against South Africa. So this is a perfect opportunity for Pakistan to punch. To add another punch to the Australian team, which is already down and out.
0: They're down and out. They feel demoralized. They don't know what's going on. This is Pakistan's time to capitalize. Pakistan has two wins on the trot in this World Cup. Yeah, they had a battering against India, but that does not mean that they're a bad team. That does not mean that, like I said, that's why I asked you those questions about Pakistan's middle order. I think they have a fine middle order. They just didn't show up.
1: Quick question for you. Uh, so, aside from Muslim Amir and for Khan... There's a question from a lot of our Instagram folks from Discord. Discord. Do we bring in Fakhar for Imam in the no, next match?
0: No, 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 no. I don't know do that. I think it's over for Fakhar and Shadab. The World Cup is done. I would love to be proven wrong. I, I feel like when we say stuff like that, a situation occurs, and you know, Saud Chakil comes in or Abdullah comes in and scores a century. Okay, I would. I'm not. I'm Team Pakistan. Like I, that's my team. I support that team in this World Cup. But I think it's time to rest them, Chadab. Shell love a man, fuck her shell love a man. They, they, they need to be out. For Especially own... with the
1: Imams growing 36 of 38. You can't, I don't think you can bench him after that.
0: No, right? he looks, he looked good. Just, you know, he needs to stop, he needs to stop being lazy. He needs to take responsibility. He needs to step up. If Imam has three straight games back to back that are like under 30s, then there's a conversation to be had for fucker in. But I don't know. And I honestly, here's my prediction for the next game. I know we're going to do a preview when it comes to the time, but I think Osamir is going to be great. I think he's going to he knows how to bowl good lengths, repetitions, all that stuff. He's going to be good. He's going to be economical. If anything, he'll give you a wicket or two in the middle. This is exactly what Bobber and Co need. But again, do not sound the alarms. This is not the end of the World Cup. This is not even half of the trip of the World Cup. We're only a third in, right? And we've been good. I want to keep emphasizing this because I feel like people are forgetting the fact that we are 2-1. Out of three, that's if that was a series, we had won. So again, I know emotions are high. I know people are being very, very um, uh, irrational. I know there's people on the internet, man, that that are gonna cash in on this. The thing with Pakistani fans is they love to hate the Pakistan team. My dad's like, our dad is like that. Like he loves to hate the Pakistan team, but when they win, he's the proudest guy in the in the in the room. So I would just say. Stay away from those pundits who are prepared, like, you know, pretending to know what they're talking about. All those Ghantiki Kings, all those uh well, Yaya of the world. Stay away from them for the next couple of days. Let it flow over you a day to forget in Pakistani cricket, a day to forget in Baba Azam's legacy, a day to forget in this World Cup. But I I bank this team to finish in the top four, Bashar. I bank this team to make sure that they find a way to make a comeback. Because One loss against India does not mean that the World Cup is over. And I have said this multiple times, reiterated it on this podcast many times. I will take the loss over India if it means taking the cup home. Because that's the end goal. And another prediction while I'm at it. I don't think this is the last time we met India in the World Cup. I don't think so. And the next time India and Pakistan play, it'll be a different ballgame altogether.
1: As Bai says, and I think if you look at the history, I was going to say itihas in Hindi because of, our chat, yeah, Lakshad. man. Fan
0: code, quick fan. Tea. I don't know if you guys have checked out the video. We'll probably link it in the description, uh, for our YouTube and Spotify listeners. But man, this was on fan code just against Har- uh Lux. I keep calling him I against Lux. and this guy was pulling out Hindi words left and right. I was like, "What are you watching? Lots of Hindi commentary." Gati. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "What is happening?" But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I. Had to so I was to gonna say, off.
1: history tells us that every loss against India in an ICC tournament means that the Pakistan team has hit rock bottom. And the only way forward from there is to go up. I'll take you back to the 2017 Champions Trophy. The first loss against India. They go on to win the Champions Trophy. 2019 World Cup. They lose against India. They come back to win four games in a row. Beating New Zealand. Beating South Africa. 2022 uh, 2020 World Cup. They lose against India at the MCG. They go on to play the finals. So if anything, this game is a blessing in disguise for Pakistan to... Self-reflect to see what they need to improve in terms of their approach, their tactics, their playing 11. And for six games to go, I am hopeful that Pakistan will win the next four of six and make their place in the semis. The way India is playing, they will likely finish unbeaten at number one. And if Pakistan qualifies, they will likely finish number four if they have a good run at owner rate. So we might be seeing an India versus Pakistan semifinal. I don't know how I feel about that, We'll talk about it when the time comes, but uh, yeah, I think this is a good way to end the podcast.
0: Uh, the uh, one be- thing be- before we end it, I just wanted to talk about some positives real quick before we sign out, because I want to I want to leave this podcast on good vibes. You know, there's a new baby in the house. Everyone's feeling really positive. You know, I don't want the energy to be brought down because of this game. So, give me two positives from Pakistan's performance today that you saw that looked hopeful. I'll give you one right now. Babar is back in the runs. Babar looks good. Baba looks intentful. Um, The top four look solid to me. That's why I feel like you don't change any of that. The fakir debate, it's out. Keep the top four. They're doing good. If any of these make a good 50, any of the top four make a good 50, they know how to accelerate. I know Abdullah. We've seen Abdullah do it. We've seen Imam do it. Baba and Rizwan are no different. That looks good. I think... Shaheen's pace being almost back up. I was just going to say, Shaheen and Hassan both look good. Uh, Hassan actually went for under six and over in in these situations. Good for him. I think you bring in Osama Mir, you bring in some more confidence in the team. team. This team gets the next four wins that it needs. Maybe more. Maybe more.
1: Let's get it. What is our emoji of the day? We've been missing this the last couple of episodes. There's been a lot of stuff going on on the personal front. We've had a crazy week. Insane week. But what is the emoji of the day?
0: I think prayer hands. We pray that... You know, cricket survives, and uh, the BCCI and the ICC don't ruin it because what happened in the game today was just abysmal. I want to talk about from it a, like a, like a tactical standpoint. Why was there genuinely? I know we made fun of it in the beginning, but why was there an opening ceremony in this game that was not televised? Then Sachin Tendulkar is there podcasting with Vaseem Akram. Talking about 1989. Half the crowd that's watching the game was not even born then. Okay, totally fine. Goes off, talks about his wife being a doctor and his foundation. So you use the most lucrative part of the most, uh, sp- like what sporting w- event? Yeah, cricket. I don't even have the words to describe it because it was so. It's making me angry thinking about it. This, this is capitalism one hundred one. They use the biggest brand they had in world cricket in in this world of sports because they because Star Sports brands cricket as as Boxing Day games as the
1: greatest, greatest rivalry, rivalry
0: yeah. in sport. Which is a big claim. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but the, let's go for it for argument's sake. They use that to push their agenda. And I, I will second what Mickey Arthur said, really pissed me off this, that this was not an ICC event, did not feel like an ICC event game. This felt like a BCCI game. This felt like a bilateral series game. This felt like just agenda being pushed. And which really irks me is because the agenda is also the same politically i don't want to get political That's not what this podcast is about but you don't play us in bilaterals you don't want to talk about it playing neutral venues but when when in when pakistan comes to india you make sure you cash in on that it seems very disgusting to me i didn't like it the crowd booing all that that's part of the game not my you know it didn't tickle me the right way but i i get it right i get it. it's not it's not an even playing field because india doesn't tour us and we can't do that to them but i get it it's it's sport but getting such an in there to promote his foundation and the, the whole music thing. You know that eyeballs are on this game. People who don't watch cricket are watching this. So you know that there's branding to this and you're pushing that forward. Felt very disgusting to me. I don't like that. So prayer hands for the rest of the World Cup that this stops. This does not continue. I want this World Cup to feel like an ICC event. The 2019 World Cup, Bashar was one of the greatest of all time. It was really fun. I still go back and watch it. Um also one thing that's annoying me no highlights no youtube highlights is that just me because i remember the great thing about the 2019 world cup was the highlights are still available to go cricket is already such hard, so hard to get into and so hard to get cricket anywhere and just release the highlights on youtube for free but no i guess not uh that's why i miss that's why i miss sky sports as the as a broadcasters of the world cup i don't know i went on a random rant on the end of that i was i want to end is on a positive but I totally forgot because we went so technical in the game that this is with the emotional beats I, I had missed that I wanted to rant about. Just your question was, what's the emoji of the day? <sniffs> Prayer hands. Pray for my mental health. Pray for my kid. Uh, pray for Pakistan team. I think this is a good time. It's a positive time. Uh, one last thing. I know I freaking ending won't end, but wanted to thank everybody who sent their uh, positive remarks about the baby. People messaged you, I believe as well, on Backward Points channel and are in, in, you know, individual social media accounts really appreciate the love we've sort of developed this family man that i'm genuinely attached to i didn't want to be anywhere else except the discord server while the game was starting and that's a big thing um i was on twitter like every now and then tweeting stuff but even after a certain point i stopped doing that i was just on the discord server because it was so fun in the moment memes in the moment reactions our discord community is so funny people in this community are really funny like genuinely backward point subscribers they have a good sense of humor and we love that. The, the audience we've amassed, 10 out of 10 gold standard people, love that. So if you guys want to, you know, get deeper into the relationship with us, Patreon's the way to go. Um, Discord is the way to go. You know, the one people that are the underdogs of this whole operation are the Spotify listeners. We've hit a thousand Spotify listens in the last podcast. We're doing like crazy numbers. We've crossed 10,000 listens altogether. together. People really love it on Spotify. And I know for a fact that the Spotify people are are diaspora fans. They're usually people who are listening on the go, car, gym. So lots of respect to you guys. Thank you so much. Reach out, say hi, send us an email. Um, we'd love to, you know, get in touch with you guys as well. And anything else I'm missing, Michelle? I feel like I went on a long tangent there.
1: No, I think you covered all the bases there. We've, uh, we've amassed a great community. And that was always the vision and end goal of starting the podcast is to build a community of like-minded folks who want to do some positive, constructive criticism. It's very easy to criticize Bob Rossum and all the negative, toxic journalists. They have their agendas. They want to pull Bob Rossum down, but they don't want to tell you who's the next number three, who's the next Black Sun Captain. All they want to do is just push their agenda down your throat. And that's what we think we don't want to do on this
0: podcast. There was a moment in the Discord server where people were starting to get very negative and nasty. There's no, like, I don't mind being critical. I, we were critical in this podcast, this whole episode, but... They were getting nasty and people were checking them out. Like, like, yo, we don't want that energy here. Take that somewhere else.
1: There were conversations about bringing Imad back, Safraz back. And there were a lot of people
0: in our community who closed those conversations and Before they manner. started. Love that. Just fact check yourself. So, you know, just make sure that you're, uh, yeah, you're just, I love that. Make sure you're, you're, you're being positive to your mental health. And this is at the end of the game, end of the day, just the game. And a game that we love dearly, and we want Pakistan to succeed. So, with that being said, my throat is dry, my baby is crying. I will see everybody else in the next few days. We're gonna take a couple days off, regroup. Do you know Australia preview coming in soon? Something happens that's insane. Emergency pod is right on the way. Thank you very guys. Thank you very much guys for supporting us, for listening to us. It's been a harsh day. It's been a dark day, but don't worry, Pakistan team will bounce back. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers, guys.